When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who is going to be first to the floor here? And it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. Round drive. Scoop layup on the glass. That's not the first time we've seen a superstar in Green White sacrifice the body. Wayne Spoonie here with my man, Jake Eisenberg. We are going to talk about the 2-0 Boston Celtics. Jake, how you feeling? Imagine not being undefeated. Right? Oh, Embarrassing. God. Embarrassing. Yeah. Never in doubt either game either. 2-0, no, baby. No. Yeah, especially the Knicks game. That yeah. is definitely just a wire-to-wire 20-point win, basically. <laughs> but uh, All right, so for this one, I think what we're going to do is uh for the main segment it's only two games but maybe some overreactions maybe some underreactions maybe some average reactions and we're just (laughs) gonna lump it good bad unsure kind of what we're thinking because look it's two games but it's all we've got so we've just got to roll with it uh some overall stats the the celtics are have the sixth best offense 14th best defense and rank dead last in opponent shooting percentage from three yes. uh, at 45.9%. So I'm sure that will go down some, but good Lord, it's been a scary couple of games. But Jake, start us off, man. Where are we going? After two games, what's your big takeaway here? You know who it is. I know. I you know, know who it is. Yep. <laughs> and look, if, you, if you're new to the show... This, you know, this season, off the off season, you may have noticed we've been calling Derek White the mistress, originally named because I was falling in love with him despite having a, a future wife in my life. And um, that's gone nowhere. And um, if anything, I believe Derek has become the mistress of my own wife. Um, he's the mistress of both of us. It's only the Derek White experience is only getting better and better. Derek White is the definition of a championship role player. Yes. Like I was I was like thinking about you know guys um of championship teams past um Aaron Gordon for the Nuggets, you know like on any given night he maybe goes for 20 but he's like this defensive playmaker, um this guy that kind of came in at the deadline and has just been like the perfect fit ever since They've arrived mm-hmm. at their team. Uh, reminds me of like Iguodala for the for the Warriors. Yeah. This th- this connective piece that really just like took the team to another level. Where you know you understand where they could be so good for a week or two weeks or three weeks or a given game where you have the Max Kellerman famous uh, video of 
if you if the aliens have the laser beam pointed at planet Earth, you have one guy to take the shot to save planet Earth. I want Iguadala. Who am I to tell you that we don't want Derek White? Derek White, yeah. <laughs> he's he's been that good. The guy that he he can he can go off for twenty eight points against the Heat, have three blocks on, on Jimmy Butler, and then you go back to the Knicks game. He's comfortable taking three shots, being you know the defensive uh, menace all all over the floor. He can fit any role you need him to move, need him to on any given night. He is the definition championship role player, James Posey, but like really. Another level compared to a James Posey. Game. He's better than Posey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was, yeah. first of all, that was beautiful. Um, <laughs> and second of all, 100% spot on. Couldn't agree more. I mean, he's now averaging uh, 26 and two and a half. I expect those assists to come up and probably the points to come down a little bit. But like, it's been an, a, an incredibly encouraging first two games for Derek White. Um, and you're right. I think it, it's just his ability to basically be like a do it all doesn't need to do much with the ball in that Knicks game. And then against the heat, he looks like Steph Curry, like that one pull up he had Dude. where he, yeah. And I think it was the, I can't remember her name, but the, the play-by-play announcer, she was like feeling it and he just yeah, pulls up yeah. and buries it. And I was like, well, there it is. There it is. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> was a big time shot, man. And we needed every bucket. Um, and like the hustle plays, the the little floaters in the lane um you know he's shooting 60% from 3 yeah. right now uh so he's just like everything he was advertised as with, that Spurs fans told us about him and now he can shoot which is just yeah. like such a ridiculous dimension to his game the the pull up 3 in transition was so ballsy but it was a shot that i'm comfortable ta- like him taking and the confidence of Derek White just seems to be growing and growing and growing from when he arrived yep. in Boston. Um, that's kind of been the thing that we've always wanted more of, really, is for him to be aggressive because he's all, he's very often going to be defended by the third, the fourth, the fifth best defender on the opposing team, and he can crack mm-hmm. these guys off the dribble. You know, going back to the playoffs and going back to the Heat series, um, in the playback live stream, if you haven't tapped into the playback live stream, we're going to be running it all year. You've got to get in on it. Um, Zin, one of the regulars so far, was saying, is Derek White a heat killer? And, you know, like, he definitely was yesterday. And you go back to the heat series, like, and I was looking at the the box scores. Like, he, he was, you know, the first two games, he's four for six from the floor in both of those games that they lose. You probably want him to be more aggressive again. Yep. But then the points tick up in game, game four, 16 points, five for 10 game five, 24 points, eight for 11, six for eight from three game six. I mean, we all know what happened in game six, right? And then in game seven, 18 points, five for 12 from the field, but got to the line seven times. And I'm like, who knows if they win that game if this happens, but Derek white was like, felt like he was kind of in takeover mode. In that third quarter, getting that lead down to seven points. But if Jalen Brown maybe gets out of the way just a little bit, maybe they don't win that game. But like Derek White was giving them a chance to stay in the game and giving them a chance yep. to potentially steal it. We've needed a heat killer so, so, so badly because everyone that the heat just roll out on the court is a Boston Celtics killer. Yeah. One of one of the heat like the the lead, like the the heat Twitter version of Greeny, um, forgetting his Twitter name off the top of my head, but he was like, 
Don't get it twisted. Drew Smith still sucks. He's just getting the play in the Boston Celtics bump right now. That's just yeah. like even even Heat fans the undrafted know. Celtics yeah. bump, yeah, or something like, like that. Yeah. They know, yeah, like three for a four from three. Uh, it just doesn't matter. It, it is comforting a little bit to know that the Heat fans know that this, their team actually isn't that good. It's just when they play yeah. the Celtics, they t- they just like get a plus twenty three point shooting bump. Um, but yeah, finally to ha- to some- someone to even the scales to even out the black magic, we've got. Um, yep. Just the, our Lord and Savior, Derek White, to to even it out. He's he's averaging two blocks a game, one and a half steals a game. Yeah. Like that's just ridiculous, man. He's a six foot four guard, and he's like <laughs> swat. He swatted Jimmy Butler three times against yeah. the Heat. Like what? <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah, D- Derek's just been awesome. I think, um, yeah. That's a great point about that. The Heat series, like his confidence grew as it went on, and it feels like he's picked up right where that left off, and he's just continued to grow in confidence. Like that pull up three, it was like semi transition. I'm confident he'll make it if he's confident, and he'd never take it if he's not confident. So, like, if he's feeling so good to yeah. take it, I feel good that he took it, if that makes any sense at yeah. all. But and yeah, if yeah. Derek White is. Feeling good and yeah. feeling confident that I'm feeling good and feeling confident. Yeah. And fire like, away, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like love, like loving like those comments of Derek White saying like when, when guys like Tatum and guys like Jalen are like really encouraging me to be aggressive, when some of the best players in the league are encouraging me to be impressive, that's big time. And yeah, um, yeah look, the, and like we got Derek White mic'd up. Was it game? I don't even remember if it was the Knicks or the Heat game because it's been a bit of a blur, but he was mic'd up in one of the two. And yeah. we don't get to see that very often. So it's hard to know if he was more or less vocal than usual. But like, I was, I was surprised personally to see how vocal he was being um, just because I don't expect that from Derek. But like, he's such a smart player that I want him as like, as vocal as possible, because I know that his voice is going to be pointing this team in the right direction. So the more that we get from Derek, I think is going to be a positive thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that he like, Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday, Malcolm Brogdon. It doesn't matter. Like this dude just like rises <laughs> yeah. to the top. He's still, yeah. I, I think he's better than Drew at this been, point. I mean, at least him, for this yeah. team. Yeah. Um, so speaking of some of the best players in the league telling Derek White to be more aggressive, one of those guys is Jason Tatum. 70% from less than 10 feet. So if he's anywhere near the hoop, he's scoring seven out of 10 times. That's pretty absurd. Um, so I don't think we have enough post-ups to get some of the advanced stats, but he's clearly posting I mean, yeah. up a lot more. Um, that's been a clear emphasis, I think, from Go in training camp. Uh, and he's he just looks really good, really comfortable, especially against the Heat, who have a tendency when you attack them straight downhill to pick your pocket, foul you, it never gets called, then you lose the ball. Um, and that's just a lot harder to do. The post-up kind of slows the game down for him in, in a way, like in a good way. Um, yes. And he just looks so confident and in control of the game. Like, it just feels like he knows how to get to like the level up is like, maybe it won't be stats wise, but it'll be like knowing how to like manipulate the defense, get other guys open and score when he, like they, he needs to, when the team needs it most. So do you think Tatum has taken a leap or I mean, it's, it's two games. I know. <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> of all the we're things we're talking about, with, with all the things we're talking about, Jason Tatum has taken a leap in two games. in feels like yeah. a lot, but, um, 
the thing that we've all wanted more than anything else really has been the post-up game. And we talked about it on the Greeny episode, the last episode, where I think the implementation of the post-up um, can cut those stinkers in half, right? So he was nine for 22 from the field in this game. Like, you know, not not an awesome game, right? That's 41% from the field. But like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident, like if you show me another October game or November game of Tatum, like having this kind of shooting night, this is like a five for 22 game where I feel like he is just going inside more, working more inside out and just getting himself better looks. And I'm almost surprised that he's 70% from the zero to 10 range just because I felt like he missed like two or Couple three. Or four, yeah, yeah. But like And like a, a makeable floater. Like I think he, he probably makes two or more of those at least um, on your average, on your average night. It definitely feels slower f- for him right now. Um, having only the two turnovers, one of which was like kind of a lazy one where, um, but you know what? All, all's well that ends well because the lazy one that he threw to Pritchard in the corner ended up leading to the Derek White block on Jimmy yeah. Butler. So it was either Dialed the Jimmy White block, yeah, or it was the, the, the Drew Holiday block, one of the two ridiculous blocks that our, that our guards um, had. I'm not ready to go there quite on the with the leap, but I'm I'm definitely open to the idea that we may be looking at it because right now he hasn't gotten to the free throw line much yet. He was I think three free throw attempts in the first game and then six against the Heat, which is definitely better. Um, I think we're, we're going to get there just because you can tell the level of physicality he's getting. He's been getting, he's getting hacked. He's getting get yeah, this man of the whistle. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's getting hacked. He hasn't gotten that superstar whistle yet. I wouldn't be surprised um, if we see like 12 free throw attempts against the, the Wizards or something like that because I'm not sure who – I don't even – like they're starting center Gafford. I feel pretty comfortable with Tatum posting up probably. So Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. Danilo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even register yeah, that revenge, the, the, yeah. the revenge game's coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, exciting. Love it. Uh yeah, and um, on the the nine of twenty two or eight of twenty two, whatever it was, being yeah. like the new bad game for him. Yeah, Tatum had I like like fifteen or sixteen games last year where he was at thirty five percent or worse field goal percentage, and like if that jumps up to forty five percent to forty percent, like his efficiency is going to skyrocket. You get those stinkers out of the way, his scoring is going to probably go up higher because. He ain't shooting less. <laughs> this dude is taking just as many shots, which is I'm fine with. Yes. But like everybody else needs to sacrifice shots for maybe Drew Holiday and Porzingis, but it ain't Tatum. Um, so I, I just think like, yeah, it's a level of consistency that he needs to hit. I'm encouraged by these first two games. Yeah, I'm with you. And like, look, he misses those two layups in the first yeah. like 90 seconds. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's 11 of 22. And we're like, well, that was a great Tatum yeah. game, you know? Yeah. So basketball is weird like that. But yeah, get this man a whistle. Uh, I mean, I'll throw one out there, Jake. I don't I don't think this is a hot take. KP, Brad, he's good, done it again, dude. man. It just looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like, right, I, I've been saying I think Brad's done it. I think he's done it. Like, and you yeah. watch... The fit here and the way that he's constructed this roster, everybody's really smart with the ball. And Porzingis is just getting the ball in these positions that are so advantageous, whether like in the, against the Knicks game, it was like the pick and pop threes that were happening. I feel like against the the Heat, I'm just having a quick look. He took six threes. Um, 
You know, so half of his shots versus in the uh, Knicks game, he took nine three-point attempts. I feel yeah. like they were finding him in the, they found him in the post a couple times against the Heat. Um, just like some quick slips to like the baseline where he took, um, took some mid-range jumpers. He's just like an absurdly versatile offensive threat and mm-hmm. where everybody's just really comfortable getting the ball to not just Porzingis, but to each other in different spots. And people are making quick snap decisions and the ball's just finding him because opposing centers aren't, able to defend him where he's able to play offense. And this has been the thing, right? The offense, regular season offense hasn't really been like over like macro issue, but we've seen it in the first two games when it's mattered, he's been huge. And yep. that was the whole point of bringing in Porzingis. Yeah, man, you're on it. Brad Stevens, he knows ball, dude. Like, yeah, I, 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 at this point you can't, you can't second guess Brad. Like you, like you have to just assume that the thing that he's trying to do is going to work. Really, the only move that he's done that I don't think was a home run, or maybe the Schroeder thing was the only thing that didn't work at all. Like that, the Schroeder move, but that was like a that was the ten, the taxpayer Emily, which he then ended up flipping, which ended up I think helping us turn get Derek White from. Because I know he it was he sent we sent him to to Houston. We got back Tice. I know there's a lot of moving parts there, but um, and then the other one being the Brogdon move. But that ended up getting us true. And like the Brogdon move, it worked. worked. It worked. And it wasn't until as, he got hurt, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's like also important. I think maybe he wasn't the perfect fit that we maybe thought he was, but he also was really really good. And if he doesn't get hurt, maybe we go to the finals anyway. Brad, good at his job, dude. <laughs> and, you know, I was so I think we saw the maybe like the hole in KP's game against the Heat with Bam uh, just kind of attacking him in isolation. But yeah. there are not many centers like Bam in the NBA who have like basically a guard's handle and are that quick. Um, and look, Bam will get 25, you know, he'll go like 10 of 17 or and but well, like, he's, he's- that's really hard to beat you with the types of shots he takes. He, um, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, like you're completely on it. And like even Bam felt like he had an awesome game and he was 10 for 23, 43% from the field. And KP got those two quick fouls right at the beginning, right? Yep. I feel like he got a lot more comfortable with that matchup as the game went along. And he was doing such a good job of staying down until like either his fifth or sixth foul and Bam got him. But Part of Bam getting him on that on that last pump fake was that Porzingis had kind of started to figure him out. Bam was four for twelve in the second half, and so like I do wonder next time, like yeah, there's going to be a couple where where Bam gets him like a little you know when he's spread out a little bit. But I think next time it's like Porzingis takes like half a step back and just contests, and then like if Bam's going to kill you by shooting sixteen footers. That's whatever. Go nuts, dude. And then, yeah. but like, give yourself just a little bit more cushion to absorb his drives because that was what was really killing him. As one was was getting killed on those drives, which was leading to the and ones, which is obviously picking up picking up fouls and also you know, those those easy higher percentage looks. But yeah, Porzingis in the chat, and I know someone just said, yeah, Carl here being like, I've been surprised with Porzingis's rim protection. He, defensively, he's been fantastic, and. Um, even on switches, he's been hasn't we haven't gone to it much, but he got switched on to Tyler Hero and Jalen Brunson. Um, and he was good, good on both of them. Like yep. I I wonder if we get to have a look at like a switch everything lineup like against the Wizards. I like are they gonna post up Gafford or Kuzma or Terek White? Like go for your life. 
I wonder if it's like, hey, there's eight seconds in the shot clock left. Now we yeah. switch everything. Because I, I don't think you want KP defending like totally. ice, 40 ISOs a game for the point guard. But like, he, yeah, you're right, dude. He's looked fine when he's been asked to do it. So maybe we should ask him to do it just a little bit more. But yeah, his rim protection, like dude. good, great, doesn't even do it. Teams are shooting 38.8% from the restricted area against Jesus. us and 46% from three, which makes God absolutely no fucking sense <laughs> at all. Uh, I've never seen anything like that. But, dude, like, they're like shying away from mm-hmm. going all the way to the rim because he's around. Uh, and he's just so huge that, like, you don't expect him to be able to challenge. And, like, oh, he's six feet off me. I'll just pull up. And he's like, what? Never mind. I'm in your <laughs> face. Like, whoa. Uh, so I think he's he's catching guys off guard. And he's never, um, you know, Carl says he's never felt like it was that good previously. Well, he's never had a team around him yeah. that plays defense this good. Like, Drew and Derek White just know how to funnel guys right to him. Um, and and they can recover, they can help him out, and he's he's just playing it perfectly. And when like the Brunsons, the heroes, they get to that mid-range spot, he's in this like perfect drop position where they can't dump it down to the rolling big, and he's still he's just so friggin' big that he can still contest their shot. Honestly, yeah, he's still getting these cont- and look that that play that mid-range pull up coming off a screen, guys just get beaten on that play. Like it doesn't it matter what what defense you're playing, what mm-hmm. like the only way to completely shut it down is to switch everything on it, and like pretty much no one in the NBA can do that except for like Bam, and he, like that honestly, like Draymond when, you're, when he Draymond, plays center, Draymond, but he doesn't even yeah. do that much anymore. Yeah, yeah, like even Draymond can't do it as well as he used to. Like AD a little bit, like like Al Horford was like one of the guys that could do it. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just tough, and so. If teams want to kill you with those those mid range pull ups, and you're still able to get really good rear view contests, like you're gonna get one mm-hmm. or two Drew Holiday or Derek White blocks probably per game, what's gonna make those offensive players think just a little bit. And plus, as you, exactly as you said, he like he's getting a good enough contest where you just like if look thirteen footers, not like it, they're just hard to stop. That you, you you have to give up something in the NBA, and if that's gonna be the thing that you give up, that's fine. And like the three point numbers. I went back and watched every offensive heat possession or self-defensive possession. I I watched their threes. I watched their threes, yeah. Dude, the amount of Hero and Robinson like coming off screens where like Derek and Drew or even Jalen are like right there, there, right there. Like you you can't play better defense. Like every team is going to be able to get those shots off. But like if if they're going to make them at 52%, then like, they're going to almost beat the Celtics, I guess. If, like, that's how good yeah. you have to be. Like, if those are the It'll shots. It'll be a close game. Yeah. <laughs> and and then eventually, it, like, it will cool off. Um, but, like, so far, I've really liked what I've seen from the defense. Like, that's actually been better than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. And and we're 14th, but that's just because of this insane shooting. Correct. And the Knicks hit a bunch of crazy threes, too. Like, quickly had a yeah. few off the bounce. Yeah. That's just like, oh, my God, man. And, yeah, and I think White and Drew help out KP a lot, too, is because I was afraid of the pull-up three-point shooters uh, just, like, walking into wide-open mm-hmm. threes. But they're so good at getting around Dude. screens yeah. that they run them off, so they have to come downhill a little bit into that mid-range area. And then it's just what we've been talking about. He can KP can be there. They're, you know, right behind him. So, uh, yeah, it's it's looked really, really good. 
Um, you know, I guess the concern is in the playoffs, are we the Bucks? But I, I, I'm with yeah. you. I looked at the Heat's threes. I, the Bucks conceded tons of wide open corner yeah. threes. That was their problem. We're not doing that. There's a lot of above the break stuff that's just like, come on, dude. Yes. How did that go in? So not super worried about it. Um, probably the the best thing about the Heat game was Jalen Brown, which oh, yeah. you could tell. We needed him to play like that. That yeah, dude he, needed it. Yeah. Like he just seems so relieved when he hit that last three to that like completely so ice the game, dude. So just a great Jalen game. Exercise the demons against the Heat too. Like just had oh, to happen. Perfect. I mean, everybody was ready for a seven turnover game, but he he played the perfect Jalen game. And something mm-hmm. that I think I'm gonna go back and uh, pull and and have a look at is. He seems to be committing more to hustle plays, like getting, you know, some that that steal off. Was it off the the Jimmy Butler block, which led to a Jalen Brown steal and dunk? Um, like the camera like cut away. I forget exactly what happened, but the camera cut away. All of a sudden, everyone's going crazy. Jalen Brown's hanging on the rim. Um, he has like two or three or four, like really, really big defensive rebounds. Like mm-hmm. obviously more importantly, we need him to turn the ball over less and we need him to, to score efficiently. That's by far and away the most important thing, but I'm like pretty confident that he's going to be able to just like shoot pretty close to 50% from the field and be like a 23 to 26 points per game guy for the whole se- whole season. For him to get back on track against the heat in that regard felt amazing Obviously, in the clutch, going to the left, ISO'd on on Bam, going left, finishing over Kevin Love with the left hand. Like, that's all we want. And then Doris Burke says he may not be able to dribble left, but he can finish left. And it's like, did you just not watch him take like four hard lefty dribbles and like what? What? (laughs) So she and this she she calling Celtics games is not on a good run at the moment. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure I buy that she's, like, anti-Celtics fully, but, like, I can totally understand why people feel like that right now. Like, between this game and a bunch of comments, really, and then going back to the Sixers game, six game, where Tatum goes off and she, like, stops talking during that whole stretch. (laughs) It was very odd. Um, Yeah, so, Doris Burke, you got to... We were noting this. Yeah, she loves the Heat and she loves yes. Embiid. So yes. I don't find her as bad when we play other teams. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's just like, she is the person who just always talks about the stars. That's yep. all she ever talks about, man. Like, um, but regardless, enough about okay. people have been hand wringing <laughs> about Doris. But I just had to bring that up because it was like, one of the dumbest pieces of commentary I've ever yeah. heard in my life. And I actually, I, I feel like I'm a Doris defender. I don't I like Doris her so. near. Yeah. yeah. I don't dislike her nearly as much as other Celtics fans do, but that particular comment was, was like, just like, Whoa, what are, what are we watching here, Doris? But, um, uh, so yeah, JB was great. Yeah. I'm with you. No, there should be no concerns about him. He's shooting 27% from three. That'll tick back up to his 35, 36%. And I mean, then his efficiency will come right up with it. And otherwise yeah, he looks yeah, like Jalen Brown. Yeah. He was three for seven in the heat game yep. and like all big shots. So like, yeah, we, yeah, we need him to just be right at his normal 36, 37 and 
We're off to the race. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. Yep. Yeah. And I think he's had some bad defensive possessions, but I think overall he's clearly making a commitment to that end. So I think he's been better on that end too. Yeah. The de- and the defensive rebounding has been really noticeable to me. Like there's been some, yeah. me- there was one monster one in the heat game where in he came, traffic, out, of no- dude, yeah, came yeah. out of nowhere. And I'm like, yeah, dude, this is something that you should really shine at i think him and like tatum already does it um it does feel like a focus to me so far um and so if that's something that he can add to his add to his game is like you know because that will really help the overall defense and help his overall like advanced metrics which are always awful yes (laughs) relative relatively (laughs) yeah relatively yeah yeah. Yeah. to how good he actually is for sure um okay Early returns on, I think, probably the the defense was number two worry for me, at least. Number one, yeah. I think clutch offense had to be the yeah. biggest concern with the Celtics going into the season. I think we all thought KP would be a nice antidote to that. You know who else is? Mm. Drew Holiday with that cool dude, that pull up midi. Dude. I think the Heat had cut it to like three or something like it was that. Four, yeah. Four, yeah. Yeah. Um, they Perfect. had just hit one of their BS threes that yeah. they always hit. Yeah, the Kevin Drew Love fucking off some oh, shit. That was insane. Yeah. Yeah, Draped yeah, all over him, yeah. too. That was a nuts three. He gets the kick out, pump fakes. I might have been Hero um, yeah. that flies right by him. And instead of popping the three, instead of driving into traffic, he just stops at like 16 feet, puts up like the smoothest mid-range jumper, back rim straight down, buckets, and then it was basically game from that point on. But overall, clutch offense, how you feeling? Another thing that Drew Holiday also helped with, and I think that it's happened in both games, we are, we're not playing slow the ball down, bleed the clock. Even yeah. when we're down, it felt like it was happening last year. You tweeted this. I also, I think I retweeted it, but this play right here from Drew um, firstly, the defense, KP gets out on Jimmy, great contest, great box out. And the rebound by Drew, destroying Jimmy with his shoulder. Tatum pushes, Drew pushes, finds D. White in the corner. Bang, Celtics go up buckets. eight. Yeah, yeah, Celtics go up eight with four minutes to go. And it's just like, yeah, dude, push the pace with all of these threats all over the court. It's an absolute no-brainer to see them do that when we've been screaming at our TV for them to not slow it down for years. I don't feel like it was specifically Marcus's fault, but like when I saw Drew push the pace in that way, I was like, I don't, like, I, 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 like, I don't think it was ever just Marcus's fault. It was more an institutional psyche mm-hmm. that he could not break out of. To see that in the last two games, also almost more than anything, because like when you push the pace and create those like mini advantages against a defense like the Heat or like a, a well-connected defense like the Knicks, it's just getting clean shots. 
in those in those moments is so valuable. Chef's kiss, perfect execution. Thank you, Dre. Yeah, and and some stats. Obviously, we've played seven minutes of technical clutch time. I I, I think the clutch definition is a little narrow within five last sure. five minutes. Like if it's seven minutes and it's a tie game, that's not clutch. You know, seven I, yeah. minutes left. But whatever. Um, we are our net rating is plus eighty seven point six. So we're outscoring <laughs> teams by eighty seven points per one hundred possessions. But I think the most important number to me is our assist percentage is sixty six point seven which would be like the highest in the NBA over a season. And I think that goes to show like they're just moving the ball better. It's less sticky. It's less pure isolation. And maybe it's just Tatum, KP, pick and roll. But like that action can get so much to happen because you're going to have to send help at one of those two guys. And then somebody's open. They're making the simple pass and they're getting decent looks. And that's all we've ever asked of them. So (laughs) the earlier turns, man, I, I, they're extremely encouraging in clutch time against two teams where we've struggled in the clutch. Yes. We've had so many heartbreaking losses to both of these teams in the last two, three years, like, and to, to get it done against both of those guys. But yeah, you're on it. The KP Tatum action in the clutch. It should either like always be that because yeah. it just creates chaos for the defense because Tatum already has so much gravity and having a pick and roll partner with that kind of a threat is everything that we talked about coming in mm-hmm. to see like, I don't even think it was in the clutch, but like they went to Porzingis either in a pick and roll or they got, they got him in the post and help came. Look, Porzingis is not, Jokic, no one's like passing wise. No one's ever going to mistake him for that. But like, he's able to like be seven foot three, hold the ball in the sky while like a second player <laughs> comes. And he threw it to Jalen, I think, in the opposite corner for one of yep. his threes. And like, that's like, that's just going to happen. And that's going to be, those are easy looks and easy plays that are going to, going to, you know, present themselves in key moments. And so having that guy and that threat is just going to be so helpful. Yeah, and you can get that out of a, a Tatum KP pick yeah. and roll. They switch it. KP just goes to the block. You dump it to him. The double comes over. Somebody's open. I mean, it it really does make things so easy on everybody. Um, so I I think Joe has been coaching like very encouraging signs with what Missoula's been doing. He's mixing stuff up. He's mixing the defenses up. They're going drop sometimes. The aforementioned occasional switch. Um. They, I think they threw the full full court press down for a short period of time against the Knicks. Uh, yep. But maybe the biggest adjustment he made was rotationally. Mm. Um, we hemmed and hawed for good reason about that god awful Luke Al Horford five oh, four combination against the Knicks. Yeah. And thank God he did not pull that again, especially against a team where you never need to go big. And he went with O'Shea Brissett and like kind of game changing, man, like tons of energy. I I expect I I mean, do you agree, Jake? Like he's he's got to be in the rotation at this point then, right? Yeah, I I, give me O'Shea over Luke. If like if if it's Luke or O'Shea, it's not even a question. Like there's really no reason, in my opinion, to be playing Luke Cornette right now. Like I don't really understand why, because if you if you're supposed to go big in theory, you have a big out there if it's Luke Cornette, but it's like he's is he really he doesn't adding, play it he has he's not really adding that much to your defense as a seven footer like he offers a little bit of rim protection but like so much of defense is rebounding like it's like one of the most important things mm-hmm. and O'Shea Brissett I tweeted before the game I was like Luke Cornett grabbed more than one rebound challenge because he grabbed one in the next game 
He he didn't have the chance to to deliver on it, but O'Shea Brissett literally grabbed two in like his first five seconds of being on the court. <laughs> like it was perfect. And to see Joe adjust from one game to the next when he was so stubborn last year is such a great and he even said, I think, like he was planning on going to O'Shea a little bit later and he went to O'Shea earlier than he thought he than he planned to. Um yes. Yes, yeah, like Joe. That's, that's <laughs> that it sounds simple, but like like to go off your away from your plan um, is not always the right thing to do. You have to like coaching's always feels easy when you're watching the game, but like you know if you're planning to bring O'Shea in like three or four minutes later, then you're like, we need the jolt now. They brought him in. He literally changed the game. The, the Celtics were going to get to like bad habit stuff that this we've still seen pop up. The Celtics were doing the same shit that they always do against the Heat, and we needed the jolt. And O'Shea Brissett came in, so O'Shea and Joe. For empowering him to do it, I would have. I'm personally a Lamar Stevens guy, but let's be honest, they're pretty much the same player. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so they, he he came in and like he just crashed the defensive boards every single time he crashed the offense, offensive rebounding. He dropped like four passes. Um, yeah, no, one was such a sick dime from Tatum too. I, I can't believe he dropped it. Like he, he really should have been like three for three from the field and really had an like a massive impact. But yeah. he corralled one of the three and finished one of them. And it was like that cool, like well, he, he was a rim grazing dunk. I'm not sure we can call it fully a dunk. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that, I I absolutely loved it. I think he has to be in the rotation and. um yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the rest of the bench in a second. But yeah, how, where are you on O'Shea? Like, it was a, it's all you can ask for. Yeah, I, I mean the the lack of shooting terrifies me. But again, like if he's out there with Al, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's better than being out there with Al and Luke. You know what I mean? Like it. Everybody else on this team can shoot. The other bench guys all are in the NBA because they can shoot. So like you yeah. can get away with playing one non shooter, especially in the regular season. Yes. So. Uh, like and defensively, he's fine. Like he he yeah. hustles really hard. I think he in preseason, I was pretty impressed. He seemed to kind of know where to be at times. He was like pointing to Pritchard and telling him and Hauser where to be. So that's a very good sign. Um, yeah, I just just play the dude, man. Sometimes you just need a psychopath. It was like sometimes Neesmith would come in yeah. and he was all over the place, but he'd give you a jolt. He'd get like yeah. four weird points that didn't make any sense. And like we'd go on a little run like and O'Shea could totally do that. He can be that guy. He's not as insane as Neesmith, but he's got some of those like vibes, though. Oh, yeah. He's definitely oh, no, got some. <laughs> no question. It's just slightly more in control, and but also like slightly less athletic. So it's yeah. like a, it's a good, I, I, I appreciate the slightly more in control. He knows where to be. I feel like he knows how to yes. um, direct his energy better than Neesmith did, at least when Neesmith was in Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Neesmith now, he's took Colin, Colin the Celtics out. I'm not necessarily, yeah, we'll, we, maybe we'll get to that um, before the Pacers game. But uh, Neesmith taking, taking shots at at least Bleacher Report for calling him a paperclip and some string. But yeah, um, <laughs> go at him. Go at him, Aaron. Yeah. Talk your yeah. shit, buddy. Um, so I, I think uh, we covered most of this stuff. Uh, getting the uh, another thing on our run sheet, getting the ball up quicker. Yeah. It seems like they're really intentionally just oh, yeah. playing this, at a good pace. Yeah. This play that Ben's popped in the in the stream yard, like Derek pushes the pace. Drew sets a screen. Derek attacks. Three guys collapse. Easy pass to Drew. One hound flip. Porzingis wide open. Bang. Three. It's just like these guys are all so. It's it's exactly the same with the 
clutch offense tough, but pushing the pace and just like getting the defense slightly more reactionary to what you're doing. Because everybody, like Derek White, just it was a simple right hand drive against a defender that the rest of the Heat defense knows that he can attack entirely. Hero mm-hmm. Jimmy helps down. I don't know why that third defender helped down as well, but it's just an easy pass to Drew in the corner who then one hand flips straight to Porzingis. There's just so many threats. Push the pace. This team has been so anti-pushing the pace so much to see them doing it a little bit. Like it's just an absolute no-brainer to to at least they don't have to be the paces, but can we be like 12th, 12th in yeah, pace? That's all. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I think like that guy helped, right? Because you're not expecting somebody driving down the throat of the defense like three seconds into the shot clock. It just like it's confuses people and it doesn't let them get the the perfect matchups all the time, too. Exactly. Like if you push it really quick, you just kind of have to guard who you're near. That might get Tatum in mismatch without having to run a single action or KP a little on him. And then we can go to his post up to have, have the double come. Boom, boom, boom. The offense is flowing. So, yeah, there is no reason not to push the pace other than like two for one situations. And yeah, like, yeah you're right. Like we don't have to be psychotic Tyrese Halliburton hitting like <laughs> hit aheads to guys no. like immediately every time he touches the ball. But like, you know, a little hustle, gentlemen, please. Yeah. It couldn't hurt. Um <laughs> So let's get to let's get to some of the bad stuff. Uh, I think the the biggest thing for me, although I'm not I'm not concerned about it. Get again two games, yeah. but PP and Hauser haven't exactly come out lighting the world on fire. Um, I do think they've been fine at everything yeah. other than shooting, but neither of those guys are NBA players if they can't shoot. I mean that's just the reality of it. They need to be elite level shooters to cover up kind of some of the limitations to their game. So. I'm just not sure where you go with them. Do you think yeah. they keep their spot in the rotation, let them run for a few more uh, games and see how it goes? I mean, O'Shea's right there, man. He could talk, soak up some of those minutes. It's tricky. Like, I will say they went two for three between them from three That's in the true. game. Yeah, so um, that was good to see. Pritchard in particular he has looked very hesitant. Hauser at least has been firing away. Um, Maybe too much. Yeah. <laughs> the Knicks like, game, especially. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, something that we saw from Hauser in the preseason was like the pump fake drive and make a very easy pass and just like creating like the mm-hmm. smallest amount of an advantage for any of these other guys who can capitalize on that advantage. He just hasn't even been thinking about doing anything other than shooting, which, look, I'd much prefer just get a shot up as opposed to like turn the ball over because that's the worst case scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned from Spolstra in the playoffs from his mic'd up stuff, shots on goal, shots on goal, shots on goal. Give me a con- contested Hauser three over a turnover any day of the week. So from that perspective, I'm okay with it. But yeah, he has he, he, both him and Pritchard haven't looked comfortable and confident like they did in the preseason. And that's the that's why we always – it's so hard to not get caught up in preseason. Yeah, it just, it just it's is. real. It's not yeah. summer league, you know, it's yeah. real NBA basketball. But, but yeah. again, like you, you, you watch the first, it's been what, like four days, five days of NBA basketball. It's a completely different level again. Like mm-hmm. the, the starters are playing more, the, the better rotation players are more. And honestly, like the best players are trying at 100%, like, like yeah. 95% as opposed to yeah. like 70%. And that makes a huge difference. And I think these matchups in particular, the Heat uh, matchup for for Pritchard, like they're just they're very physical. Um, I think like the Wizards and the Paces. If Pritchard struggles against the, because like you can't go away from Pritchard yet, 
I don't think. Um, but the Wizards and the Pacers should be spots where he can be effective. I do, I do worry, like with Pritchard, you know, he always looks good in summer league. He always looks good in preseason. Um, and garbage time. He lights garbage, garbage time. time on fire. Yeah. Lights got, yeah. Great point. Is it just like he's, he has the usage. He's the, has the, the minutes, the empowerment where you, he's just not going to get that. Even on this team where he's got more of a role, you're not going to get more than 14 minutes. Like, yeah. and if you don't play well, you're not going to get more than 10. Like, you have to find a way to be effective quickly. Otherwise, I'm, I'd much rather just go away from Pritchard and play Sfi. He's, he's, or, or Lamar Stevens, who's going to, he's going to really give you a defensive advantage. Like, instead of playing Luke and Pritchard and Hauser, do you play Sfi, O'Shea, and Lamar, where they're all big and those guys are going to give you rebounding and defense. And Sfi, like, Gives you that secondary playmaking, like he's a far more mm-hmm. complete offensive player than Hauser. Even if Hauser maybe like is a better shooter, quote unquote, just by like catching shoot numbers, but Sfi maybe is definitely a more versatile offensive player. So I don't know Hauser in particular. I could see losing his spot if he's not careful. Yeah, and it's really just roster construction wise. Yeah. We just have way more viable wings that we can put mm. out there. Like there is not really another guard on the on the roster other yeah. than. Like, Svi is kind of a guard, but Pritchard can at least handle the ball a little bit. I don't know exactly. if Svi's initiating offense. Um, I guess it's Banton, and that is terrifying in its own right. So <laughs> Yeah, we haven't seen Banton. I know no. people thought maybe because he played so much in the preseason, but I think that was just like them figuring out if it was worth keeping yep. him or not. Again, early days, as much as we were hyping up all the good stuff and being like, look, you know, let's did Jason Tatum take a leap. Hard to say. Yeah. Is is Sam Hauser and Peyton Pritchard going to fall out of the rotation? Again, too early to say, but it hasn't been good for the boss one boys. Yeah, and I think they're, they're guys that will really benefit from getting a little more run with the yes. lineups. Like Pritch, Pritchard has played one lineup with four minutes. And then the rest is like three minutes or less. You know, yeah. it's hard for a guy who's finding his role um, and who's a natural scorer to like tone that down and figure out where his shots are going to come from when he's never playing with the same guys. So I anticipate once kind of the chemistry gets built a little bit, we figure it out with the Jays and Porzingis and that shot mix. Like they'll come along, they're going to hit shots. They always yeah. have, but like on Pritchard, dude, it's a great point because like at Oregon, he was like Steph Curry for yeah. Oregon in college, and then. His first season was his best year, and he yeah. played a ton because we had nobody else to play. And so, I mean, if that's the type of guy he is, he's probably not a long-term piece on the Celtics. He would probably be awesome on Charlotte or something like that where he can just, like, fire away. But I, I still believe in him. I think he can be a valuable 14-, 15-minute uh, role guy. And same with Hauser. Like, Hauser was on Hero a couple times in isolation. Yep. He got scored on, but, like, he played well. Hero just hit some crazy ass. Like, so did everybody. Middies. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hero had one of those freaking conference finals games. What did he end up? He was, yeah, he was 10 for 20. He cooled off late, but he was still he 40, 41.7% from three on 12 attempts. Like he was, he was on fire. And that was so, and how's like, and how's a rebounds? Like I, tr- I do like that yeah. about Hauser. He does rebound. So like you add the, the house trap element, which definitely exists. <laughs> plus yep. being out of defensively rebound a little bit. I'm interested because like neither of those guys are making enough money. Uh, 
for Joe to not at least try some other guy. So I'm gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out to say at least, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um speaking of playing out and for the bench playing more, uh Tatum's averaging 40 minutes a game yeah. and Porzingis had 38 against the Knicks and probably would have been close to that number had he not fouled out uh with like three or so minutes left against the Heat. And he was in foul trouble like basically that whole game too. So any concern with the minutes load early? Mm. No, yeah. y- yes and no. Yes and no, I guess. Like I wonder, Joe does, I, I understand Joe's perspective or feelings of like wanting to get off to a good start. Two teams that we've struggled against. These are like very valuable reps mm-hmm. like to, to bank these, this experience, these moments. Um, we have two days off between the Heat game and, and the Wizards game and two days off after the Pacers game, I believe. So, like, this little stretch after the first two games, like, it's actually pretty light, especially, knock on wood, assuming the Wizards game should be should be kind of chill. They should be able to at least win that game while yeah. playing more of the bench. Um like even if Tatum still plays 35 minutes, hopefully that's a game where he plays 30 minutes because they've got the game in hand, but he, they should be able to win that game with Tatum playing 35, pushing it at 30. Um, I'm concerned from the perspective of this continues, but I'm like, I don't think it's going to continue because I'm sure that they're also like, we can't have Tatum playing 40 minutes a night, obviously. Yeah, Tatum's got to come down, but like I'm fine with him playing yeah. 37 minutes a night. Like, dude, dude is a friggin' Iron Man. Porzingis yeah. up in the high 30s worries me. I will say that. Like, that's what's, what's come your down. what's your number? What, what would you like? He played 32.6 for the Wizards last year. Ah, uh, 21 or so. It's <laughs> <laughs> my Al Horford corollary. Just like keeps getting lower every time we talk. Uh, yeah, I, that feels right. 33, something like that. I mean, I think you could go Porzingis for 30 and Al for 18 every single game <laughs> at the five, and then just. Play Brissette uh, at the you, four. You, like, why you said, not? You said 21 for Al Horford as a joke, and then you said 18 <laughs> for Al Horford as your serious answer. Um, <laughs> I'm saying that's a viable option. But oh, I no think question. 33 for KP, um, and then like 22 for Al, that should give you like five or so minutes of double bigs. And then depending on the matchup, maybe you run that out there for a little bit longer. But yeah, 33, 34 feels about right for him. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah, thirty to thirty-two, thirty-three. I think that's yeah. just going to be where he's at. Um, but on like the flip side of that, Al Horford played twenty-four and a half minutes against the Heat and twenty-five, <laughs> which I know is too high for you. <laughs> I don't, ben. don't even play him. Ben, don't even play him. Says. Well, well, on that though, the close like the the lineup is Derek True, Jalen, Jason, Porzingis. Yep, Porzingis gets into foul trouble. He fouls out, and then in comes Al Horford. Yeah, and no like, big deal. We're fine. And, <laughs> and like maybe Al Horford playing thirty minutes or playing every like closing lineup against the Heat, he struggles. But Al Horford fresh in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. against Bam Adebayo, where he's been like battling and going at Porzingis. That's a hell of a luxury. That's yeah. that's a very specific type of depth. There are some depth issues, but that specific issue. That specific spot, having Porzingis and Al Horford being able to share that five spot, that is that is nice. And that was a beautiful example of what this team can be. And like, so he probably plays 23 minutes if Porzingis doesn't foul out, right? So I, 
to me, 26, 25, 24, I think is like a realistic spot for Al Horford to actually be still very fresh when we get to the playoffs. I, we agree. 15 minutes a game for Al. <laughs> Just yeah, I five. Think, yeah. <laughs> I think that's fine. And look, you're going to have some blowouts where he can play literally 15 minutes or something yeah. like that, you know, because Cornette can come in and mop up the fourth quarter. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Cornette's <laughs> been terrifying recently, at least in that Knicks game. So, um, yeah, look, actually, let's 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 jump to Cornette. Yeah, we kind of hit on it before um, you challenged him to get grab more than one rebound. <laughs> I think that's as chilling of an indictment as anything. But like, man, I think. You and I were lower on Cornette maybe than a lot of Celtics fans. He was fine last year. Or at least I, would, I have been consistent. You were, I have you definitely were. been lower on Luke than everybody. I, I was higher than you and Ben coming into last season. And then I yeah. feel like he played closer to where, like higher than what you guys thought. But then like definitely. definitely, but it definitely kind of ran its course a little bit where it was like, oh, the Cornette minutes, the Cornette contest stuff. Um, yeah, the Cornette negative situation that's what's going on right now is is a real thing um and right now to me i'm far more comfortable going with o'Shea lamar or tatum at the five or cater like until Cornette shows me whoa something. whoa whoa that one of those was very spicy jake you just slipped in there tatum at the five i forget <laughs> where i've talked about certain things i'm like it was I, on playback we i was like yeah that, that, that's that's sure. that's the safe zone that's the yeah, yeah. that's that's where you you test that's out lizard your, brain territory yeah, exactly. there yeah yeah <laughs> you no one's held accountable for what happens in the playback that's <laughs> right that's a can that's a cancel free zone um where i would test it out tatum at the five why not? I, I know he's going to rebound more than Cornette is. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so it's Pritchard. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, unfortunately not. Yeah, look. Yeah. <sighs> Plus one and Cornette. Right now he's going to, he's going to, yeah, Ben's on it. Like he's got to show more than just like the celebration. Well, give us, give, give us a reason to do the Cornish game hand celebration or something. Um, yeah, I know Bobby Manning. It's not been a good year for the Bobby Manning, Luke Cornette situation. Um, <laughs> All yeah. of our Celtics media elites are losing their favorites, man. Cornette's playing himself out of a role. We traded Time Lord, so Forsberg is just and in Grant, shambles. Everybody like Grant, Grant Jackson oh, loved Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's enough on Luke Cornette. Yeah, All right. I mean, <laughs> um, so. I guess some things that maybe we went into see the season thinking or stuff that's developed over uh, the first two games, like we're giving up the 10th most threes a game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I actually don't think that number's too bad. Guys are just hitting it. But like that, we've historically been a great three point defense team. So I think that's probably something to watch with the KP drop style defense. Yeah, I I agree. Because I know uh, the Bucks giving up all those threes and always being like, how are we teams always shooting so well against yeah. us? Like, it's because, well, you're giving up threes. And so yep. I did have a look at that. And like, if we gave up like two less threes per game, then all of a sudden we're at like 14th or 13th as right. opposed to um, the other way around. So these early sample sizes, everybody's like, can be either quite bunched or like massive outliers. Um so I think definitely something to monitor for sure, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried about it yet. I, 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 something to keep in mind is that like 
the defense has looked pretty connected after two games. Yeah. And like, there's also been like, there was a bunch of miscommunications in the Knicks game, I thought. Definitely. And a bunch of overhelps in that, that Knicks game, which that, that alone is probably skewing the numbers. Like, Jalen Brown, I, I made a point to say you were not alone. Tatum got caught in no man's land. Al was a massive overhelp on a Drew covering Brunson. There was at least four that like they probably shouldn't have given up. And if that's two, then 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 we're middle of the pack as opposed to like twentieth in the league. So yeah, Eric Weiss, can't wait to see you on uh, at the next episode. Uh, two games, two games, two games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And again, I think it's mostly uh, that type of stuff other than maybe Jalen overhelping. I don't know if we'll ever beat that out of him, but he was much better uh, in the heat game. Like he was, I thought, he was yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I actually wrote about that in three leaf clovers. Like we'd play 16 seconds or 20 seconds of great defense and we'd make one mistake and get punished for it. And it helps when the team is you're playing is never missing open threes too. Like that makes it look a lot worse than it is. Teams always make mistakes defensively, you know, Correct. that it happens. So it's going to happen. But yeah, I, I, frankly, I'm super encouraged with the defense, with how they've played, not worried about giving up that many threes. I don't think that's too bad of a number, especially when our two point defense is good. It's going to be insanely good. It's not going to be this yeah. insanely good, but it, we are, our team is huge and it's full of elite defenders. So, um, they're going to be a great two-point two defense, so I, I'm totally fine with that number. Celtics, known for their their bad habits a lot of the times, uh, maybe the iso ball, That's um, some the of the, the dumb turnovers, perhaps, as we think back to Jalen in the Knicks game. We're with you on the bad habits after two. The bad turnovers haven't, in, to me, been as bad when I've yeah. watched the last couple games. There's There's been a couple, but then like I watch so much NBA over the past few days, like even mm-hmm. like like Jokic had like nine turnovers against uh, the Grizzlies, was it? Um, early season, every team has a couple per game. How many did the Celtics have against the Heat turnovers? We had 15 turnovers. That's probably what, like two too many? I forget that that, that was that year we went to the finals. It was like there was a magic turnover number. I want to say it was 13. Like, yeah. And surprise, surprise, we went two over um, the magic number in turnovers against the Heat. Totally would like to see that number come down. Um, the thing to me that's, that that they've still done in both games has been the iso ball. They they blew the lead against the Knicks game because they went like five possessions in a row. Iso ball. And it was everybody. It was Jalen. It was Derek. It was Jason. Um, they completely went away from the, the Pozingas actions. And it happened in the first quarter against the Heat where they were attacking the Heat's best defenders when we're like, if you're going to go iso ball... I saw Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson yeah. and get Tatum post up, posted up on Jaime Jaquez. And once they kind of got away from that, it's, it just opened up. So old habits die hard. And I think it's going to pop up as time like over and over again, but hopefully we see it less and less and less. And it seems like they're conscious of it. Finally. For once, it seems yes. like they understand they're falling into the bad habits and are making a point to get out of it. And I thought in the next game, Joe took a timeout and then we came out of that timeout and we started running the offense again. Yep. And it's like, oh, my God, this is everything we've Whoa. asked for. Yeah. So, again, two games. Who knows? Like, yeah, old habits die hard. If anything has taught me that it's this iteration of the Celtics <laughs> over the past five years, uh, because they are like the poster child for that mantra. <laughs> Um, 
All right, we we're yeah. we're gonna run over an hour. What's new, Jake? But <laughs> so, uh, I think there's sort of two offensive philosophies kind of butting heads a little bit here, um, and we're seeing it as like there's like you know Joe wants to play like motion pace. Eric Weiss always drops in the chat like the Jays are so bad at getting into actions with speed like they don't yes. come off screens hard they don't take handoffs at full speed and then you look at like murray and Jokic, oh, and murray's man. like flying by yeah. him and getting a pitch back and he's downhill boom and i joe i think joe wants to play that way and that damian lillard line that ty coffee um yeah. just threw in the chat one of 10 from three and a minus 28 is absolutely beautiful um but then there 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 is a you can play offense more intentionally where it's like post Tatum up, have him draw a double, kick it out. Um, so like, what are your thoughts on sort of mm. how we're playing offense? I guess I would say motion pace offense. I mean, Eric Weiss in the chat saying no DHO. Why, why don't we do more DHOs? It's crazy. He would be so, filthy. so he is good, filthy dude. at it. Like yeah. with, with, especially with like, Jalen flying off these screens with like defenders behind all everyone Tatum, maybe like his body isn't built for like to come off super fast to off DHOs coming downhill. I think he's just a little long for that, but like Derek drew and Jalen DHOs with, with drew drive drivers crazy with Rob to not do it. We're not doing with Porzingis. It should, it should be a thing with Al as well. Amazing screen setter. Regardless, the motion pace offense, I think should be the offense. Um, for like three and a half quarters. Um, and when you get down to the to crunch time, you want it to be you, – because you just can't turn the ball over. And I think that this team, like that's when those things are going to happen. And then you go to like Tatum in the post and like the more like purposeful Porzingis Tatum actions. And, and for example, like when we were playing the Heat and we were struggling and then Tatum was – basically went to the post like three times. It felt like right on Jaime Jaquez. Like when things aren't working, when when things feel disjointed, I feel very comfortable with putting Tatum in the post on a variety of defenders and he can just make a play that you like, you know, you're going to get something that you feel okay with. Like it's not going to be a turnover. He might get fouled. You might get a bucket or someone helps and he finds someone for, yep. as a shooter. So it's a bit of a cop-out answer and the answer is both. But I think, Broadly, on a possession to, be- to possession basis, I like that everybody eats philosophy. But then, like when things break down, when it gets to the cr- to crunch time, I kind of I want the ball in Tatum's hands, really. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a mix too. Like it depends on matchups too. Like yeah. with the Heat, the Heat do a really good job of like switching off ball and kind of grinding motion like to death yeah. with their defense. So you have to be a little slower. You have to be a little more intentional. And yeah, like Tatum posted up Hawkes like 10 times in the first half. Like that was clearly part of the game plan and it started working. So uh, yeah, I think you got to find a balance. You got to find that mix. And definitely in crunch time, that's just how they're going to play. Like no, but not even, even the Golden State Warriors run Curry high pick and roll in crunch time, you know? So real quick, before we talk very briefly about the Wizards, Daniel Portillo in the chat. Question for y'all after the tiny two game sample size, what will be the team's identity this year? Jake, do you have any thoughts? My my first like reaction to that is just talent. Like the identity is like, wow, we have so many players that are really good, but that's <laughs> yeah. not really, it's not really an identity. Um I think 
Yes. Uh, who said it in the chat? Like versatility and pace. Like yeah, I think the ability to well, play different ways. Um, yeah, it's it's a good question because I, I I'm not I'm not sure. I don't I don't feel like I have a good read on like what's going to be like the thing that everybody's like. You can't take this or you can't stop this aspect of the Celtics. Um, I do think they're going to just be a really well balanced team. Um, I would love for it to be versatility and pace. Let's um. Let's go with that, Philip Hart, in the chat. Yeah. So, um, I right we when we traded for Drew, we did a pod and we're talking about how ver- he's way more versatile offensively than Marcus Smart is, and is just as versatile defensively as Smart. So it just like keeps all the crazy defensive versatility, and then opens up your offense to be able to do a lot of different things. Like he had a couple plays where like he's in the post. He's just driving on people. And that is our fourth option. You know what I mean? And really, maybe fifth with the way Derek White played yep. against the Heat, you know? So um, I, I think versatility is is an absolutely great one because it's it's going to be less like, what can't you take away from these guys? It's going to be like, well, if you take something away, they can just do something different just as well. So I, I love that. I think that's a spot on one. It's like our identity is we have no identity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was what was like, what do you want the Celtics identity to be? It's like humility, toughness, respect, yeah. belief, just words, really. Talent, and, baby. Yeah, talent. It's like, okay, yeah, that is. Well, Joe, that wasn't really an answer. So we'll, yeah. we'll just go with what Joe said. Just yeah. being great humans. Um, yeah. Mindset. Mindset, I believe. That's really been the word that he's thrown around. And honestly, like, and Eric Weiss being in the chat has kind of surprised, like, reminded me of this. Like, how many times have we watched the Celtics, like the Wizards tomorrow, right? I think we're going to get a, our first test of maybe this mindset how many times yeah. do they play down to competition um the hawk series should not have gone to six the but the sixer series should not have gone to seven the year previous the heat going to seven the bucks going to seven the mindset every single night to not just play hard because i think that sometimes when the Celtics weren't winning it people were like why do they not play hard tonight where's the energy and it was like misplaced energy it's like the the the, the commitment to executing the, this versatility to like find the correct yeah. match mismatches to execute the game plan for the whole game where if it doesn't work in the first five to seven minutes, do you go away from it? Are you committed to every single night to what you know is going to work? If you commit to it, you keep moving, you keep cutting, you keep pushing the pace where if it doesn't work for a half, do you just like not bother in the second half or do you come out and still commit to those philosophies and those values and get it done? Because that would be a big change to years previous where they have these these lapses, not just in the regular season, but also in the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, it felt like at times, like if they weren't making their threes, everything else fell apart, too. Yeah. And look, the Knicks game, they did not sh- shoot threes very well and they kept it up, man. They still played super hard on both ends and they got it done. So I think that's a really good sign for what we're talking about. But OK, since we're popping <laughs> an hour and six minutes already, let's let's tackle the Wizards real quick. 18th ranked offense, 27th ranked defense. Um maybe the weirdest constructed NBA team as short of like hinky Sixers style, like (laughs) just not even a team. They're a spreadsheet. Um, You know, Jordan Poole, 
Um, I think they still have Monte Morris. No, he's, on the, he's, he's on the Pistons <laughs> oh, now. He's on the Pistons. I'm sorry. So um, no, 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 they have the, the kid okay. from Memphis. They have yeah, the Tyus Jones now. Tyus Jones. I almost called him Trey, but I know he's the Spurs one. Yeah. So, Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gafford, just like a bizarre collection. Denny yeah. Avdia, weird collection of talent that doesn't really make any sense together. Um, but. They have a win. Like some of those yeah. dudes can get hot, man. Like Jordan Poole could go for 40 in a night. Like if he's feeling it. Don't we know takes, that? Yeah. yeah. He takes enough bad shots that I'm not sure it's going to really happen. But uh, so what What are you looking for in the, the Wizards game? The good news is I'm. it's another Porzingis revenge game. So yeah, don't true. forget that. So we have that element. And it's in Washington, right? So he mm-hmm. was fantastic in the Knicks game, revenge game. I don't expect the Wizards fans to pull out a fuck Porzingis chant. That's not really <laughs> a Washington Wizards thing. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if it's like 50% Celtics fans at the Wizards game. Um, so we might get the opposite. Might get an MVP chant for Tatum or Porzingis. Yeah, so the 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 Wizards though they look they beat the the Grizzlies who might not be as good as I thought they were going to be even with those injuries and suspensions. Um, Kispert went five for ten from three. Look, he the NBA good, is dude. really talented now. The NBA yeah. is just talented, and you have to you have to beat teams, especially early in the season where teams still think they have a chance. Te- teams try really hard at the beginning of the season. Towards the end, when they're like fighting for a playoff seating or playoff positioning, and in the playoffs, right now you're going to get teams' best shot, especially the Celtics. Uh, yep. t- people know that the uh, people are paying attention to the Celtics. You're going to get teams' best shot. Um, but yeah, let's just let's just go. Like if we go out and play defense like we played against the Heat, we'll win the game by twenty. Yeah, exactly. If we yeah, if we play the way we just played those two games, we will dominate the Wizards. But yeah, I uh, I went to two seasons ago. I went to the Wizards game where Tatum dropped fifty in Washington. Oh, so I was in the building, Sick. and yeah, it it was probably sixty percent Celtics wow. games, and there were <laughs> Tatum MVP chants. So yeah. uh, this is essentially kind of half a home game. I feel bad for the Wizards fan, the Wizards faithful, but. And look, they they beat us last year. I was going to say. I think K, KP also had like 35 in yes. both games too. So yes. uh, good thing he's on our team now. But um, yeah, I, I think you nailed it, Jake. Like just go out there, play your game, play like you know you can play. And, and this should be a pretty comfortable win. Um, and we will see what type of Celtics team we are dealing with, with how they handle this Wizards team, because they can be beaten but you know if pool gets hot early and then all these the shoulders start slumping oh man i'm gonna have some i'm gonna have some bad thoughts man <laughs> oh yeah no question yeah look i'm i'm perfectly i'm i'm prepared mentally for yeah. the wizards to make it a game and for me to be upset but um look the the Celtics have proven us wrong so far i i did the yep. emotional hedge uh against the heat it was like 19 to 1 with like five minutes to go in the clutch and they held strong in both the Knicks and the Heat game. So we'll see. And the, the Heat hit some of those backbreaking yeah, threes where I really was like, did. they hit one with like 35 seconds left to make it a three point game. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to lose. Again. <laughs> but then, yeah. Then no. we came back down and scored and it was over. So yeah. great signs early. Again, we've said it a million times. It's only two games, two games. but it's all we got. It's all and we how got. How freaking good. How good. Two and O. Let's go. Two and O, baby. That's all you can <laughs> ask. So, all right, Jake. Uh, let's call it a night there. Enjoyed it as always, my man. Love your work. First of the floor out. <laughs> <laughs>